Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, I, I want to return to our discussion regarding the debate on specializing in just one sport and at what's the right age to do that, if at all. Now, let's be honest, certain individual sports do demand that, that kids start at a fairly young age. Sports like uh, tennis, swimming, gymnastics, and there are others, of course. Uh, team sports don't make those kind of demands of starting at an early age. But anyhow, let's let's put this all in perspective. Let's start at the beginning. And of course, we'll take your calls here at 877-337-6666 because when we spoke about specialization a couple of weeks ago, we had a pretty good debate about the various merits and concerns and what have you because this is a decision that that sports parents have to usually confront when their kids are pretty young. And, and it's something that it can have a, obviously a tremendous uh, impact on the way the kids develop in, in terms of their sports and their athletic careers. Okay, now first of all, wouldn't it just be preferable if we just let our kids play the sports that they want to play? <laughs> Look, lots of, lots of youngsters recognize on their own that, well, they'll say, my favorite sport is basketball, but I'm really much better at, at soccer. And when they say things like that, well, that really speaks volumes. Of course, what drives a great deal of all this are the, are the dreams of the parents uh, for, their, for their youngsters to somehow someday earn a uh, college scholarship or perhaps even turn pro. And, of course, yes, a few of them do, but the vast majority do not. And that's the big risk that parents have to be aware of when they sort of push some of the sports onto their kids. Now, let me, let me share some, some thoughts with you, which quite frankly are based upon my own observations over the years in sports parenting. Uh, there's very little research uh, in terms of evidence-based uh, you know, theories as to why this stuff works, but I do want to share some thoughts that might, might resonate with you. Number one. If you're a sports parent, don't push your own sport onto your child. I mean, don't, don't do that. That's the very first step towards living your life vicariously through your kid. And, of course, you don't want to do that. It's essential 
that your youngster find what sport or sports that they enjoy. And that's because, and I, I fear that this is sometimes overlooked by, by moms and dads, is that your child needs to have their own internal spark or you know, sense of real enthusiasm for whatever sport they play. Because without that sense of pure joy, it's going to be real difficult for the youngster to maintain and to continue their drive to play that sport. In other words, they really need to find that sport, that, that athletic activity that fuels their own dreams. That is absolutely key. And that's as a parent, you should be, that's, that's, that's what you're looking for here. Find the sport that your youngster is really drawn to. Number two, as a mom or dad, you need to expose your child when they're young to a variety of sports. Now, you understand that your, your child might, might migrate to a sport you know nothing about, or even worse, a sport that you don't like very much. I mean, when my own kids were growing up, uh, for example, a soccer was a very big deal uh, in my town. And the truth is, I, I never played soccer as a kid, and I really knew next to nothing about skills in that sport. But my, my youngsters all wanted to play an ASO, and so I went to uh, the library, got some books out and some video on the game of soccer and how to play it and even how to coach it. I did the same things when my kids wanted to play sports that I wasn't familiar with, like, like lacrosse or volleyball or even ice hockey. These are all sports that I never played as a youngster. I mean, I grew up playing the traditional sports of football, baseball, and basketball. Yeah, my kids played some of those sports too, but they didn't specialize in just one of them. They all played a variety of high school sports. Two of them went on to play sports in college. They never suffered any concerns with repetitive use injuries or any worries about burnout because they really enjoyed playing uh, sports from season to season. But my point is, my wife and I were very careful not to push or to nudge them in those sports that, for example, I knew because I had played them and I loved them. I think that was sort of key in all this. We let the kids find their own way. And again, as I say this all the time, you got to remember, it's their childhood. It's not yours. Your childhood is over and it's done and it's in the books. You got to keep that in mind. It's their childhood. Number three, what I've seen over the years, the very, very, very best athletes do not specialize. In fact, it's not usually until they are sophomores or juniors in high school when they decide what perhaps the time has come to make uh, their best sport into their primary sport. I mean, look each year at all the top athletes who are drafted, um, you know, in terms of uh, professionally in football, baseball, basketball, and so on. Invariably, those top draftees all played several sports in high school. I mean, they were just uh, all-around natural athletes who didn't have to specialize, and quite frankly, they didn't. Okay, what about all those individual sports that I mentioned that demand that a youngster start early, like tennis or ice hockey, swimming, gymnastics? I think it's absolutely fine, and you should intro your kids to those wonderful sports. But as a parent, try to get them to play some other sports as well. You just don't want to have them focus on just one sport too early in their young life. Now, I know some parents are going to say that if I, my kid doesn't specialize in one sport, then he or she is going to fall behind all their peers who do. And please, 
please don't 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 fall into that trap. If your youngster was born with really superior athletic talent, <laughs> they're going to gravitate towards certain sports or sports. Just follow them. Just try as a mom or dad to add some balance into their sporting lives. Tennis prodigies at age 10 or 11, well, we all hear about the budding star at an early age. But then again, what about all the other so-called tennis prodigies who practice endlessly? Their parents spend thousands on private coaches, tutors, travel, and so on. And the kid, as it turns out, isn't going to be all that good. Then what happens? Does that so-called previous tennis prodigy just stop playing sports altogether? That's not a good outcome. I mean, to me, it, it's, it's like what financial advisors tell you to do with your money. They tell you to diversify. Don't put all your hard-earned cash into just one stock. Well, the same philosophy applies to kids in sports. Get them to diversify. I mean, I personally think that's a much more reasonable approach. And then if, if your child does develop a unique talent in one sport, then you can decide a few years later whether the time is right for them to specialize because, after all, that's, now they've been exposed to other sports, and this is the one they seem that's really the right for them. Okay, I'm eager to get your thoughts about all this because it is something that, that we talk about all the time, but I really want to focus on this this morning and talk about both sides of the coin. 877-337-6666, that's our number. I know this is somewhat complicated, but again, it's an issue that moms and dads will have to face early on with their athletic kids. And I know there are a lot of particularly sports dads out there who want to be competitive and they want to give their kids that leg up over all the others. But again, there are terms out there that didn't exist a generation ago. Things like uh, burnout, repetitive use injuries. Both of those are linked to specialization in a sport all year round. Okay, let me take a break. When I come back, I'll go right to your calls. Stay with me. Back here on the Sports Edge on this Memorial Day weekend. Looks like it's going to be some nice weather today and tomorrow. Hope you get a chance to go out and enjoy it. We're talking once again about the, the, the ongoing issue of specialization. And again, this is something that a lot of sports parents have to grapple with. Uh, and the truth is, a lot of parents sort of figure early on that, well, I'm just uh, my kid. Uh, I know this sport, that, and I want my kid to play this sport because I think that he or she will benefit from the years of my experience of playing this sport. That That's not necessarily a good idea. You really want to make sure that you act the role of the grown-up as the adult here and expose your child to a variety of athletic activities when they're young and see which ones that they are sort of attracted to. And it may be a sport that you don't know anything about, but that's that's fine because, you know, kids are kids and kids have their own lives to lead. It's not going to necessarily be the same that the life you have. Now, that being said, some kids will find that they enjoy the sport that you played as a kid uh, in your own youth. But again, be flexible, be open. As I, as I told before the break, you know, my own kids played sports that I had no familiarity with. But so what? It's their life. And uh, they enjoyed it. They, had a, they developed a real sort of um, passion for their sport, which helped fuel their desire to get better, to go through practice, to compete, and, and so on and so forth. And that's sort of the idea here. All right, let's, let's take some calls about this very important subject. Let's start this morning with uh, Ed Ward over in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Ed, good morning. You're first up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? First Good, of all, before I talk about this, I want to wish Rutgers, Hofstra, and Ryder, three local teams, 
will hopefully win their conference championships today and go into the NCAA tournament. Well, you know, this is Memorial Day is always the start of obviously a playoffs, particularly for college baseball. So we have, uh, you know, three teams, local teams that are chasing that dream. Hopefully they'll, they'll see their dreams come true. But not only that, I want to also I'll mention about Ithaca College. They're one game away from going to the D3 World Series. And their <laughs> roster is full, is full of local players in the area also. So hopefully those teams will, will achieve their dreams. Got but it. getting back to this topic, yeah. um, I I think kids should specialize, without a doubt. You play the sporty season. I know there are kids that maybe, let's say basketball, they play basketball in the winter, and maybe they're working out for baseball. They should put as a priority the sport that season to work at. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. And not only that, I'm going to pay give credit to Cranford High School in New Jersey. They're, they're one of the top athletic programs in the state, and all their coaches on the high school level work together. And it proves the point. Their football team, which has players that are on a baseball team, reached the state finals in group three this year for football. Yep. And not only that, their, their baseball team, which has football players on it, have, have reached won the Union County tournament the other day and are probably going to be a favorite in the group three baseball state finals. So well, I think I, the coaches... I'm glad you brought that up because that's some, I, sometimes that happens where... Even at the high school level, where, where the high school coaches, who obviously are eager to see their own particular program in sports uh, succeed, that somehow they put sort of sometimes not so subtle pressure on, on their athletes that say, just play my sport all year round and let the other sports go by the boards. And obviously that's, that's not a good thing either. And what you just mentioned is, you know, the, the really enlightened coaching staffs work together so that the kids play a variety of sports so they can shine not just in, let's say, football, but also in baseball as well. That's, that's the way that should be done. Well, it's great with Cranford that all the coaches sit down. I guess they'll, they'll designate times when they're going to do their football workouts in the winter, baseball, yep. uh, basketball, whatever, and they work together. If there's a conflict, they work it out. Yeah. They work <laughs> it out. They're, they're, they're all for each other. They're not about I as the coach, my program, you know. And uh, I, that's, I, that's what's important because you know what, Rick? There's a lot of high schools in Jersey, too, that are merging sports. From one town to another, so they, this way they can have enough players to, to formulate a team. You know, Ed, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about Grantford because that, that is, as I said, that's the enlightened approach where the coaches basically have to get together, as you said, you know, during the, during the course of the school year or in the school, during the summer, and say, let's map, look at all the talent we have. Let's try to map this out so we aren't butting heads in terms of trying to get them to just to focus on, on one program. That is a much more, uh, as I said, enlightened way, and that's the term I use, for the coaches to work together. And obviously the kids benefit, uh, the parents you know, obviously see the joy because the kids are playing a variety of sports, and it just makes it just sort of lifts the entire high school program because the kids are now work, they're working and, and they know they have the coach's blessing to work together as opposed to just saying, no, no, I'm just going to play football. I'm just going to, because in the springtime, instead of playing baseball, which I love, I'm just going to work on my weight training. It, it's, it's the way that it should be done. And, uh, well, you know, it, I, it, I, I think that's smart. So, hey, let me, let me take Thanks some more okay. calls. Thanks as always. Have a I great appreciate day, Rick. It. You too. Thanks, Ed. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to uh, over to Brooklyn, where Artie is standing by. Artie, good morning. You're on the fan. Artie, are you there? It's the way it should be done. Artie, hello. 
Rick. Keith, yes, go Rick. ahead, Art. Make sure you turn I your radio down so you can, you know, the there's call. no feedback. Okay, go ahead, Artie. Yeah, thank, thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, as a phys ed teacher in junior high school, I took a uh, coaching job in volleyball in high school. Uh-huh. And the flag director that, um, requested that I have the basketball team um, try out and play for the volleyball. And it, I, I was taken back a little bit because, I, I, to be honest, I didn't really know as much about volleyball as I did about basketball. And sure enough, I see one of my students from junior high school playing volleyball. And Mr. Johnson, I had no idea you liked volleyball. He goes, Mr. P. He goes, we were playing with a beach ball. He goes, that wasn't volleyball. He goes, <laughs> I wish I played in junior high school because my coach now tells me that I could have made, I could have probably made Division One if I played a little earlier because he only uh, played in the senior year. Yeah, and that hit me, and I said, now from now on, I'm making kids play everything that's offered, no matter what. Because you just never know. I saw one kid. He had a beautiful golf swing. I asked him what, 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 um, if he played in school. He goes, no. Nah. He goes, I played ice hockey. And yeah. it just correlates. So, you know, a message out to everybody. I mean, just play everything. You just never know. All right. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. Artie, I, I appreciate that call. And that's, 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 again, exactly what we're talking about. Because, you know, if kids aren't introduced to all the different sports that are out there, and let's face it, there are all sorts of uh, variety of sports these days, um, then they may not know. Just They may have a hidden talent, as Artie was just saying. The kid says, you know, gee, I, I didn't know that I was that good in volleyball, and I guess if I had played it uh, and been introduced to it at an earlier age, maybe I would have progressed and, and played uh, well enough, not just in high school on the varsity, but also would have played in college as well. Or a kid who, you know, might be... Uh, as you said, a terrific golfer, uh, but uh, he's too busy just playing ice hockey all year round uh, that he never really focused much on going out to a, a driving range and taking a few uh, swings off a, with a golf club off a, off a tee. I mean, these are the things that, and you know, kids today, um, they they know that there are these other sports because uh, the question is, how do they find a way to tell mom and dad that, yeah, I really love playing this sport that you've obviously have taken care of to nurturing me, but I also like to play other sports as well. And I think that's, again, coming back to the superior natural athlete, those are the kids who are so gifted, and it's so evident to anybody who watches them uh, play a sport, that they really don't have to specialize because no matter what thing they pick up, whether it's a tennis racket or a basketball or a, or a baseball bat, they're going to end up being you know, a great performer. And those are the kids who obviously are on the fast track to someday perhaps do play Division One sports or play pro ball. But the fact is, most kids don't. So the question then is, why don't we just find a way to allow our child to really enjoy playing sports, maybe develop a passion for that sport that keeps them in shape and they enjoy the, the fun and camaraderie of, of being on a team? I mean, that's, that's the ultimate win here. Let's continue with our phone calls. Let's, uh, let's go to, uh, to Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn, Jersey. Uh, good morning, Jack. I'm eager to get your thoughts about this because obviously you coached for a long time and, you know, you had to make some decisions with your own boys as well. Yep. How are you doing, Rick? Hey, Jack. Um, you, know, you know, it's, it, it, it's true. And, you know, when you, when you, when you think about the, the movie uh, King Richard with the Williams girls and even Tiger Woods kids, parents, you got to understand that, you know, those are exceptions to the rule. 
And they really are because, you know, those kids wanted to do it. I mean, as, as much as I read the book and watched the movie about the Williams girls, you know, at the beginning, you know, they were almost kind of like forced to do it, but mm -hmm. they fell in love with it, of course, you know, but, you know, playing one sport is, is kind of dangerous here at New Jersey city university, where I coach, we thrive on multiple sport athletes. Last year on the softball team alone, we had four girls that played other sports. Um, I just recruited a girl from out of state that also wants to play volleyball at schools, volleyball and softball. So, you know, these kids, these multiple sport kids are still wanting to play because of the love of each sport or the, the multiple sports that they play. They want to continue with that. Now, one of the things that we do at school is we make sure that, that their studies are up to par, you know, and then we might suggest to them if it's not that maybe you might want to drop one of the sports. But, you know, parents, you have to understand – that it, like Rick said, and, and, and Rick's monologue, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, he hit everything. He hit almost everything there is about this particular topic, but it does get deeper. I had two sons, I have two sons, both were multiple sport athletes. They played all the way through high school, but when they became a little bit older, Zach, my older one, a little bit earlier in his life, he knew probably at about 13 years old that he wanted to be a professional baseball player. Um, the younger one, you know, he was my rebel. He just played everything, and, and that was perfectly fine. He went on to play at Penn State, too, but he gave it up. He didn't want to pursue that avenue. But one of the things that I did with them, okay, is I also let them specialize. But my definition of specialization is not the same as most coaches and even most parents. My definition is train all year, not play all year. So, like Zach, he played football in his senior year. I mean, he played soccer in his first two years of high school and then football in his second two years of high school. They both ran winter track. Alex played soccer all through high school. They both ran winter track and both played baseball. But when I saw the interest developing with Zach and, and people, you know, Zach, both of the kids, both of my sons were exceptional athletes. Zachary was just, you know, he could pick up anything and, and do it. Yep. And that's the type of athlete you're talking about exactly. that does go on to play at that high level. Right. And they have it. They have the instinct. They have the know-how. They have the knowledge. And they have the ability to take every muscle that they use and use it the correct way. So what I did is I let them train all year in their specialness. They didn't play. They didn't play fall and winter well, and let's, work out with a club team. Let's, they, uh, they Jack, let me, let's, let's talk about that for a second because there's a, diff there's a very important but subtle difference. Training all year as opposed to specializing in all year. Now, you're saying training, yes. I guess, with Zach and Alex, you let them – I mean, they're playing a variety of sports all through you know, middle school and high school. But you let them train like maybe, what, once a week? You let them go out and take some batting practice in the wintertime or stuff oh, yeah. like that? Okay. Yeah, I was doing I was doing lessons, so I had indoor facilities that that I worked at, and um, you know, so when Zach was playing football, you know, one night a week for an hour, forty five minutes to an hour, we'd yeah. go and hit. Another night that week, you know, and this was his choice. You know, he'd say, "Hey, let's go." I'd get up and we'd go to the cages and I'd throw with him. And I did the same thing with Alex. Alex became a great golfer. Now I never introduced golf to him. I wasn't. A, I mean, I played golf, but everybody plays golf, but there's only a certain amount of golfers. But <laughs> Alex picked it up because of a roommate in college. When he quit baseball, he was roomed with a golf guy. Alex's handicap now is like eight. 
I mean, and he's, you know, he's that type of athlete. So when they would come home from track in the winter, we'd go out and hit, sometimes both of them at the same time, and we'd go for an hour and, you know, throw 50, 100 balls at each of them, hit some balls to them, throw. Zach was also a pitcher in high school. So this is a little bit different than that club coach coming in, telling you that you're the best thing since sliced bread, taking your $10,000 a year, and, you know, and working those same muscles over and over to the point where you become a junior, senior in high school, and now everything starts breaking down because you've used them for, for six or seven years, you know, without stopping. So you hit everything in your monologue. Well, you I, really did, and, and, and it was excellent. It was well, super. Jack, thank, thank you as always, uh, and I, I'm glad you... You're more you, than welcome. I'm glad you put some real uh, you know, detail into the difference between training as opposed to specializing. Th- thank you, Jack. You know, and, and just to, to follow up on that, yeah, I mean, we also know there's a whole new generation of sports parents today who, who uh, gravitate and, and uh, read Malcolm Gladwell uh, talking about uh, Anders Ericsson's uh, now, be, now become a famous uh, theory that if a kid spends 10,000 hours from the time they're 8 to 18 uh, playing, you know, one sport uh, or one activity, that's going to elevate them to elite status. Well, it's not exactly what Erickson said uh, in his psychological uh, theory. Uh, he was saying that, no, if you practice one thing for, you know, 10,000 hours, what you will happen is that you will reach the maximum uh, level of proficiency according to one's own God-given talent doesn't necessarily mean you're going to end up being a pro. It just means you'll be you'll be so proficient you'll reach the potential that plateau that you would hope to reach when you were just starting out. But again, that that's an awful big uh, chunk of time. You can do the math and realize if you're doing in 10,000 hours from the time a kid is eight to the time they're 18. That's, I mean, it's just basically enough time to, to go to school and then spend your off hours uh, just practicing. And that's just one sport, you know, that's, that's, that's taking a pretty big gamble. As we've heard from the callers this morning, and we already know this, if your kid is that talented, uh, that superior an athlete, then he or she doesn't really have to specialize. They will get out there on their own. They get to be in high school. Or maybe, you know, as I said, ninth, 10th grade, they'll decide what sport they want to really focus on and specialize on. But again, let them get a sense of all the things that are out there. Even as Jack said, like his, his younger son, Alex, turns out he's a terrific golfer. So he didn't know about golf until really he was in, the, you know, I guess a sophomore in college. So it's all different. It's all changes. Uh, all right, let me, let me take a, a quick time out because I want to continue this conversation. I want to take more of the calls as well. I know people want to get through. Our number, of course, is 877-337-6666. When I return, we'll continue our discussion about specialization. Stay with me. Uh, I want to take a, a brief moment to pay tribute this morning to longtime baseball coach and athletic director at St. John's, Jack Kaiser, who passed away last week. You know, in a day and age where ethical behavior in sports is often challenged and dismissed, uh, Coach Kaiser was a rare and singular force for good in this world. If you were ever in his presence, you knew that you were around someone who was amazingly special and you never ever wanted to disappoint him. Uh, as a ball player himself at St. John's, uh, Jack Kaiser led his team to the College World Series and then as a head coach 
later at his alma mater, he had three of his St. John's teams uh, make it all the way to Omaha for the College World Series. He was obviously a terrific, terrific baseball coach. And as a long-time AD at St. John's, uh, he was devoted to the school and to its uh, student-athletes. He was one of the the real pioneers uh, in supporting female athletes uh, at St. John's as well. Uh, coach Jack Kaiser, he will indeed be missed, a tremendous coach and an even better human being. Okay, we're talking about the question that all sports parents have to confront early on in their kids' athletic development, whether he or she should focus on just one sport and play it all year round or uh, play a variety of sports uh, according to whatever you know uh, whims the kid wants to pursue. 877-337-6666, that's our number. Let's get back to our calls. Let's go to uh, Anthony in Yorktown Heights. Good morning, Anthony. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Uh, totally separate and apart from the psychological burnout is the physical damage done to these young athletes' bodies. Yep. RSI, repetitive stress injury, is a real thing. You've got 12-year-olds that are playing more hockey in a year than NHL players. <laughs> and you know about baseball. Yeah. we got 15-, 16-year-olds having TJ surgery. Yeah. The, the developing body, the musculature, is just not built for this. And, you know, the other thing is, I, I get, you know, I'm from a different generation, but, you know, I grew up in Greenwich with Steve Young, and Younger played football in the fall and basketball in the winter right. and baseball in the spring. And the idea of playing sports out of season in the 70s and 80s, it just didn't exist until the explosion of travel sports, which coincided with the money involved also. So, you know, John McEnroe played soccer in high school, too. So there are, these guys did okay. So, you know, there are examples. Uh, you know, Anthony, I mean, the truth is you don't have to dig very deep into the the, the bios uh, of top athletes and realize that they played different sports. I mean, off the top of my head, Grant Hill, the NBA Hall of Famer, he was a terrific soccer player in, in high school. I mean, you know, and it goes on and on. You mentioned Steve Young. And he was a terrific, uh, you know, baseball player and basketball player. It goes it goes everywhere. I mean, uh, uh, Jack Smithlin reminds me that like something like 75% of all the, the top draft choices in the NFL, uh, they all played a variety of sports in high school. I mean, it's just um, something that we, we know this. You know, a lot of sports parents, as you know, either they're, they're either seduced or they feel that this is the way their kid's going to get, get uh, a leg up on their competitors by just playing one sport. Now, again, as you mentioned, repetitive use injuries, which I don't think I ever heard that term until maybe 10 years ago, but... It, it's now a real problem. So if a kid is playing soccer all year round, that's all they play, soccer, 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 or they're playing ice hockey all year round, and the kid may love playing the sport. I get that. But the fact is they, those are the kids who do unfortunately run a real serious risk of ended up having to deal with repetitive use injuries, uh, you know, particularly with their, their legs or their shoulders, uh, or, you know, dealing with burnout, which does happen too, unfortunately. But again, I, I don't know if I don't remember any kids from my era who, who you know, had to deal with burnout. I mean, you just... You well, know. you know, the other thing is when you uh, you and I are of pretty much the same era, um, when when our, you know, contemporaries played hockey, it needed to be cold enough to freeze water because <laughs> the rinks were all outside for the most part. So now you've got, you know, summer hockey and fall hockey, spring hockey, so, you, you know... Well, I, I, I always share the story, uh, and I'll, I'll share it with you, uh, and that is... When my youngster, uh, my son John, was playing 
hockey when he was probably six or seven. Uh, he was playing in an indoor rink, uh, and, and he happened, again, this is some years ago, but he, one of his teammates was uh, Marcel Dion's son, uh, the great uh, you know, NHL right. Hall of Famer. And I, one day I saw Marcel at the rink, and I went up to him, and I said, Marcel, I'm, I know you grew up in Canada. Tell me, did you, did you play hockey all year round like these kids today do? And he looked at me like I had two heads and said, no, Rick, uh, we, um, I played hockey in the winter when it was cold, and we played, I played baseball in the spring, and I played soccer in the fall. <laughs> You yeah, know, didn't hurt his career, but again, oh, okay. <laughs> that's I mean that's that's what I'm talking about, and obviously you feel the same way, Anthony. This is we're getting we're getting off track. We're we're we're, we're too many of these these driven sports parents feel that they're doing the right thing by their kid, and they may end up going the wrong way. And again, the last time we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago, I was talking about the the the, the Todd Marinovich case, uh, which is one of the you know all time you know sort of classic case studies when it comes to sports parents who try to put too much pressure on the kids uh, to succeed. Um, anyway, Anthony, thank you for the call. I appreciate your thoughts uh, because I think it's right on target. Let's continue on. Let's go to uh, Louie out in uh, Lindbergh. Hey, Lou. Good morning. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, all right. Great. Uh, I was introduced to, uh, to, to soccer in a different way. I had a friend who had a basketball and uh, he used to throw the basketball in my head maybe 20 times. And then at the end of the 20th time, he said, uh, do you like it? He said, well, I'm kind of dizzy right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where I am. He said, you're gonna, he said to me, you're going to be a good soccer player. If you, could, if you like it that much that I'm going to take the – because I used to always carry the basketball around. Yeah. He said, if you want it that much that you could head it, then uh, soccer would be your game. Uh, you know, <laughs> it just – I think – What's funny about sports is sometimes someone can introduce a, a sport to you through another sport. Yep. And meanwhile, you could realize and say, hey, wow, uh, I, I like this sport, even though it uses the ball in a different way. Yeah, the thing is, it, it's so unpredictable. Uh, and again, it's, it's really, it's up to the, the child, the youngster, to sort of lead the way. And um yeah, I agree with you. It's it's the parent's job is to sort of be supportive, of course, to provide positive feedback, but again, to be flexible to say that it's possible my kid might want to play a sport that I'm not, I didn't play as a kid and I'm not familiar with. But heck, I I want to make sure my kid uh, enjoys him or herself in their youth, and uh, if it means I have to find out more how to about the sports all involved and learn the rule book and so on and so forth, then I should do that. I mean, let let the kid lead the way. I don't I don't see why that's so difficult. For so many parents to say, no, 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 I'm going to get my kid into uh, some sort of elite uh, program and, and just get them, uh, push them right through, uh, right to the top. Simple as that. I, I just don't, I don't understand how that works. So, Hey, Rick, I, uh, I coach college soccer and lacrosse uh, for, for over 30 years. What ended up happening was he brought on the, a lacrosse ball to me. I said, no, 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 I'm not heading that ball. I'll play that game. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, I would not suggest that. <laughs> it, it, it's just different how a coach can introduce a sport to you. You never realize what a coach is going to introduce to you. If he's clever and he wants you to play a game, he'll sh he may show you in a different uh, way, in a different pattern. Well, and that'll like, turn on a kid to play. I mean, it's like the, one of the previous callers had mentioned uh, about the fact that, uh, you know, a kid discovered that he really liked playing volleyball. And, and didn't realize, and he was really good at it, but nobody ever really exposed him to volleyball before. And all of a sudden he says, gee, I, 
I'm really good at this sport. I really like it. And, and heck, so bad I could probably progress to a higher level. But again, that's why it's so important when the kids are five or six or seven, let them go out and try different things. And uh, yeah. parents, you might be surprised. Be that, you know, a kid likes something more than other. So Be open-minded. Yeah. Uh, you got to let a kid be open-minded to all new avenues. Don't close his path to one game like uh, some coaches want to coach a kid soccer. Three, three times a year or basketball. When you do that, he starts getting injured, and then he'll start getting turned off to the game. Well, that that's right, Lou, and, and, and thank you, as always, for, for the call. Take that care, gets, Rick. You take care. You know, that gets in what Lou mentions about there's a transition that takes place, and it's somewhat subtle as when, it, when, it, when a youngster all of a sudden begins to look upon what had been great joy and great fun for them playing their sport now well, becomes. Thank you as always for for call. If you if you if you get to the point where the kid suddenly is um, looking upon having to go to practice or going to a tournament, uh, when they're it could be as early as age ten or twelve, all of a sudden that becomes it's no longer fun. Or play anymore, it now becomes work, and it's an obligation, and and that gets where that's where where, where parents begin to understand. Well, how come I, my, they don't understand? My, my my child wants to not go. They they complain of having a stomach ache, or they feel they don't feel well, or they feel that their back hurts. And these are all, you know, obviously alibis that kids come up with to try not to go to a practice, or they don't understand why. They can't go and have a, a, a sleepover at a friend's house, or they can't have a play date because, well, we got practice today, or we got practice time. That's not fair to the kid. And the kid wants to have a normal childhood and be involved with their, their, their friends and do things that their friends are doing, but all of a sudden there's an obligation. We have practice. We have obligated to practice. We've paid a lot of money for this practice. We have this tournaments. We have this and that. That's not a good situation. And, and that's what we're trying to avoid. And I, I hate to be so so blunt about this, but unfortunately, that's that's where we are with, with uh, unfortunately, kids who end up in, you know, specialized in one sport. 877-337-6666, that's our number. Again, a lot of things to talk about here with specialization. It, it, it's something that, again, it all starts... No, no. all starts with things with being a sports parent. you got to take the time to actively listen to your child. You can't be in a rush to tell them how you played the game uh, or, 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 you know, how, how they can improve. I mean, we talk, we talk about this all the time with the, the post-game analysis. You know, a lot of parents, they mean well. They want to talk to their kid in the car on the way home uh, from a, a game. Uh, and they, they instead of trying to just be positive and support the child for – for enjoying themselves, uh, how much I enjoy watching you play. No, it gets into sort of a, uh, a post-game analysis, and, 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 and that's not what you want to do with your youngster, uh, regardless of what sport they're playing. Let them do the talking. Let them uh, ask them if they had fun. Ask them what they enjoyed the most about the game that day. Uh, again, you got to let them do the talking, and, let, and you just listen. It's as simple as that. I mean, I... I <laughs> Remember, the good Lord gave us two ears and only one mouth for a reason. So use your ears and let, listen to your, your son or daughter tell you about the game and what they enjoyed, what they didn't enjoy, and so on and so forth. And if you get the sense 
that they aren't having fun. It's time for you to take that comment seriously. You may not want to, but sometimes, again, you have to act the role of a grown-up because that's who you are. I mean, it's something that we have to bear in mind as parents. Yeah, and again, we're, it's always tempting to sort of, again, live our lives, fall into that trap of living our lives vicariously through our own kid. Don't do that. Again, I'm sorry if you, you didn't end up playing center field for the Yankees, or, I mean, that happens. I didn't end up as a point guard for the Knicks. I get that, but that is your childhood, and that childhood is over. It's as simple as that. I mean, I, I just think you have to understand that this is where – you know, it all boils down to you being an adult and a grown-up. 877-337-6666. Let's, let's take a call from Sal. Sal, good morning. You're in, uh, are you in Cortland Manor, Sal? Yes, good morning. Yes, Sal, go ahead. Yes. Yes, hi, Lou. How are you today? This is Rick. Go ahead. Oh, hi, Rick. Listen, I've been a teacher and a coach for 36 years, and you pick up some great points about parents and specialization. Yep. So I've seen from me being a three-sport athlete, from coaching two-sport athletes, for them my athletes becoming specialized, just competing in one sport all year round. Yeah. Um, and, and the interesting thing is, um, you know, uh, I've just seen that there has been a reflection now on, you know, what is athletics all about? What, what, what's the common focus for a high school kid? participating in athletics. You know, mm-hmm. Why are mm-hmm. they participating? Only right. 1% of high school athletes go on to compete at the college level out of scholarship. So um, being an official the last 12 years and doing quite a bit of youth sports, I've seen the dynamic of parents change and what their expectations of their child is. Yeah. And somehow I think we've lost focus of true competition, not winning and losing, but competing and learning about ourselves through competition and sport. Well, what, what have you noticed in, in your years as, as an official? What, what kind of changes have you seen? You just see the parents being more aggressive, more demanding? What, what, what do you see? Absolutely. From the standpoint of, you know, uh, not only more demanding, you know, a lot of parents, I think, have lost focus on what athletics and sports are all about for their children. Yeah. And what we're seeing exemplified in that attitude is, of course, berating coaches, berating uh, uh, officials, and even, of course, uh, altercations with spectators. You know, to the standpoint, you have an educator that's a teacher educating students, and two parents don't like that educator, and they go to the Board of Education, and that coach loses his job. Yeah. Those yeah. kinds of things. Because... You know, they, we've just lost focus, I think, on what the importance of athletics is for children and the development of them as people. And I really think, you know, parents need to find that out. And some athletic directors and, and some schools are discussing these things with parents and educating them. And I think it would be more productive for the kids for the teachers and for society as whole as we look at sports and athletics. Got a little out of hand, Rick. Uh, uh, no question, Sal. And, and uh, yes, I mean, I everything you just said, of course, uh, I agree with. Uh, and, obviously, we, you know, on the show, we've tried to cover all those various pressing topics. There, there's no question. Sal, th- thank you for the call this morning. I, I greatly appreciate it. You know, yeah, I mean, this is the problem we have as we all know, uh, is that uh, it, 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 it's very, very difficult to raise your kid in sports today because there is no one solid roadmap. There's no one set of, set of guidelines. It's pretty much a free-for-all. And you as the parent, as the grown-up, as the adult, have to sort of rely upon your own 
basic instincts, common sense, and intelligence to try to figure out what's the best pathway to make sure if your youngster wants to play sports to, to follow their dream. Now, again, uh, we've talked about this uh, several times uh, over the years on the show. When it comes to specialization, you got to be careful because you don't want to have your kid in a situation where they get to be 12 or 13 and walk away from their sport. Invariably, when kids burn out, they do not come back to that sport. Even though they may have great talent, they just are fed up because the joy and the fun has been basically erased because there's been too much specialization. Uh, the other concern, of course, is the physical toll it takes on, on young bodies. Again, when you, when you don't specialize and you're playing one sport to the next season by season, then invariably you're using different parts of your body to play different sports. I mean, I was just watching the, you know, the Rangers game last night, and I'm thinking, you know, there's are guys on the ice who are great hockey players, but they're able to, if a puck goes high in the air, they're able to catch the puck and, like, a, like, a, like an infielder or an outfielder. They're able to soccer uh, the puck with their feet. I mean, these are guys who obviously played a variety of sports besides just ice hockey. They knew how to catch pucks like a ball player. And they knew how to, to soccer the, the, the passes like, like a, a gifted soccer player. So it's clear that these skills are translated from other sports that they grew up playing as a kid. And I think that's something that parents have to bear in mind. Do not give in, do not be seduced by the idea that if I get my kid to specialize and get elite coaching at an early age and get them playing that sport 12 months of the year and not expose them to other sports, that's not necessarily a good combination to have a very productive or happy kind of existence. And again, as Sal pointed out, and again, we have to keep this in mind all the time. You know, if... um. I think the odds are of a kid making a college team at any level, and I keep coming back to this, at, at, at Division One, Two, or Three, any the percentage of high school varsity athletes making a college team is like uh, less than four percent. That's that's pretty stark. That means that 96 percent of all high school athletes they're done after the last game as as a senior in high school. So bear that in mind because specialization, you may think your kid's one of those 4% that go on to the next level, but you know, be, be worried about that because honestly, that may not be true. Again, this is sort of tough talk for parents to sort of you know, assess as best they can what they want to do with their youngster in sports. But again, just be wary when somebody starts telling you that, yeah, if your kid really shows great potential as an eight-year-old, but if he or she really specialized in this just one sport and played all year, they could be something unique. Well, maybe. We'll see. All right. That's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Brian McKeon. Mark Melusis is up next. Have a safe Memorial Day week, everybody. I'll see you next week right here on Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.